The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is officially live in Ohio. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime and anywhere right here in Ohio with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with code CONTEST will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings has the best features including same-game parlays, player props, and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can use code CONTEST to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CONTEST. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER 21 and over and physically present in Ohio. Valid one offer per first-time depositors who have not already redeemed $200 in free bets via pre-launch offer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as bonus bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. See dkng.co slash oh for terms. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. No intro. Dylan, Jungle Kiona left. Stardom. Dude, I was I was gonna make like a whole like Sora for Smash thing. He finally got into Smash. I've been waiting for this since I was ten years old. And now you just drop Jungle Kiona left Stardom on me. Like, come on, man. Like there's a whole there's a there's a method to this, Alex. You can't just start like that. Hello everybody. My name is Dylan Murray. Um that man who was just talking was Alex Richards and we are Stardom Quest. Welcome to the best Stardom podcast in the business. Um, yeah, Jungle Kiona's gone. Um, I am more sad than you are, but I am less happy than other people are. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, people saw the announcement initially, worried that she was retired. Were happy when she said she was sticking with wrestling. But ever since, she's kind of just been like, well, I got, like, a really good job in media, so, like, I don't really need to do the wrestling thing, so I'm going to do it, maybe. But, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get, like, you know, 20 date a month, Jungle Kiona. Um, probably just going to get her popping up in random places, which could still be cool. I mean, she has a lot of connections that could be fun. But uh, I don't think we're going to be getting a new uh, Rini Amashita or anything, you know? Yeah, I'm excited for her and her Hiroyo tagging again. I think that was always really fun. Um, that'll be fun again. I do. Um, obviously, we are both big fans of Rossi Ogawa. Um, 
<laughs> uh, that's a that's a joke. Big bussy but, rossy, huh? Yeah, don't say that again. Don't say it. <laughs> again. Don't like it's one too many times, and you already said it one too many times last time. Um, you know, we're both big Rossi guys, and what he said about Jungle leaving was that it's like, oh, this kind of sucks, but you know, um, people have to move on in life. And then she, then he said words that very specifically like made me feel like it was something specific. Um, he said, I hope you can get some rest from now on. Um, and part of that could just be that's like, oh, she's always like, she's a workhorse and she's always working, she's always grinding and all that shit. You know, Sigma grind set of Jungle Kiona. But also, I think part of it is just that possibly Jungle couldn't do the the 20 dates a month that that Starm does anymore. And I totally get that because she has been injured quite frequently. She's worked injured most of her career, in fact. That's like, I, I kind of get that aspect of it obviously she said there's a specific reason why she left that she's never going to say and i hate it when they do that instead of just being like yeah i left because you know it just it was the right time she said there is a very specific reason i left but y'all ain't got to know about that and i was like man why you gotta why you gotta like make me like wonder because like i like I, I wasn't wondering until you said that god damn it but besides the point um yeah i think a lot of it is just that she can't be going 20 days a month anymore um that's why initially I was thinking, oh, she'll probably go to America where she has to wrestle like once or twice a month and get paid pretty good money. Um, but she didn't. Um, she obviously has a real job, so she's probably not going anywhere um, outside Japan. I don't know. I'm not as excited as other people are for like this freelance Kiona run because I don't really see it being that much of a freelance Kiona run. I see it being maybe she runs a produce show or two, maybe tags with Hiroyu in uh, Oz Academy or fucking Wave. Wave would be cool you know, maybe one seedling match. And that's pretty much it. I don't expect a lot out of this. So I don't know. I'm 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 sad as a old school as a old not old school Juicy Joshi fan, as an old school stardom fan. Um it's kinda sad. But otherwise it's like, you know, time. Indeed. Um I think coupled with the news that uh Natsu Samira was removed from the, the roster page and it seems like she's done with wrestling altogether. It's it's crazy how like At least for the, the time being, yeah. Yeah, but it's wild how like a lot of the core of the the you know, the twenty eighteen hot streak is, is gone almost, isn't it? Like yeah. Hannah isn't here, Risa Hoshki is a stage actress or whatever the fuck that is. Um <laughs> Hazuki, well, I mean, Hazuki is back now. Uh, Kagetsu isn't there. Like, and now you have Kiona and Natsu gone. And Natsu wasn't, like, a huge main eventer or anything, but, like, she was constantly... She was a tone setter. Yeah, she was a real tone setter back in the day. Um, Yeah, you know, I... I, Obviously, you said that you didn't want to get depressed and talk about this, but I think the past, like, 10 days, I don't know when the, the finals for the GP was, but ever since the finals of the GP, as soon as Momo was on the ground for three seconds and Shuri won from then till now people who like are fans of like stardom three years ago like 2018 um 19 stardom have just been like getting beat the shit out of with news like like if like obviously momo lost um the fucking utami being like you know what i think we should i think we should do 60 minute matches um that obviously hurt many people um you know, Natsu and Kiona, obviously, be, like, it's it's just been an onslaught for people who, like, <laughs> who watched Stardom a few years ago and are watching it today. It's like, man, this this is not fun at all. Um, but Sora isn't Spash, so that, that, that makes me happy. 
always comes back to, to Smash and, and Kingdom Hearts. I don't, I don't even own a Switch. Like I'm I'm but I'm still extremely excited because I just I owned a DS when they did that poll and I wrote in Sora and I've been waiting for Sora since then, since I was like twelve years old. Um and he's finally there. So I'm going to bully my friend into um getting that DLC so I can play it when I'm over at their house. Fun times. Um yeah, on to maybe more promising stuff. Um, Kidani, who obviously is the, the guy from Rishi Road, he did an interview where he said that um, Stardom World subscribers are like right around 10,000 at the moment, and 30% of those are from overseas, which you'd, you'd kind of imagine. Um, I remember Syrian Utami was credited with like a 10% growth, so I guess that means like a 1,000 people subscribe just to watch that match. Yeah, I, I feel like, maybe I'm just remembering things wrong, but I feel like I remember they released Stardom World statistics like years ago, um, like two years ago, I think. And it used to be like 80% overseas fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, the numbers were lower. I assume it was like probably like 5,000, maybe. It's probably, if not lower. Um, But yeah, it used to be like legit 80%, like high, like 70 or 80%. Um, foreign fans so they've obviously increased um domestically and i'm sure that they've you know added some people um foreign but then again i feel like foreign fans are a lot more likely to pirate so it doesn't really i don't know uh, it the numbers are, are hard to like really like think about but it is a good sign uh 10,000 is a pretty solid number um they should start doing live shows on stardom world because that's it's it's a street it's their streaming service yeah, we're not we're we're not retreading that. Um, what I think is interesting is that he also said um, that he sees like Southeast and East Asia as a strong market to expand into, and I wonder if that was maybe the main reason that Bushi Road like got stardom was because they thought that the idol culture would be able to market stardom outside of Japan, whereas like New Japan, I don't think it has a a very wide appeal like outside of Japan. No, I don't know if that's true. I mean, you know, yeah. they clearly they clearly are looking at expanding into other markets, and Stardom might be like leading the charge there. Yeah, I mean, well, they did show they did they did that one show in China, not even show, but they had Natsuko and Tam wrestle in China. Um, they also wrestled in Taiwan, I think, which isn't really no, besides the point geography. Um, yeah, it's 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 odd that they decide to expand into Southeast Asia. Um rather than like the typical wrestling route of um expanding westward which is you know just sort of like the the formulaic thing that wrestling groups do if they are getting big in japan is they expand out west um they don't seem to be particularly interested in that um i wonder what possibly expanding into southeast asia would um would entail you know like would they be running shows in in the philippines and like like what like what does it entail is it like more advertising there or is it like actually going there and running shows there you know what i mean because that could be a pretty big deal um but you never really know yeah i mean expanding uh east for them means like like pakistan and that wouldn't it like i don't think you're gonna expand women's wrestling to that market what that's west is it that's like japan West of Japan is... Yeah, dude, there's nothing east of Japan. Japan is the eastmost place in the world, other than, like, Australia and Hawaii. 
This fucking <laughs> this idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so I I I don't know where they would expand to. Like, I mean, they've talked about they've it depends on what they're trying to do here. I'm just talking to fill time. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking. Alex had to go away. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a scuffed episode today, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys are even hearing this. I'll probably cut it. He should probably cut it. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it, it's maybe an interesting insight, that Kadani interview, into just their mindset of, um, you know, they, they maybe understand that there's only so much you can get from the Japanese market, and maybe they're looking elsewhere, and maybe they see stardom as a bit more marketable outside of Japan than, you know, the new Japan Pro Wrestling product, which I don't know if that's true, but that seems to be their aim. Yeah, like, it's... I, I actually tweeted this um a few minutes ago um before the podcast. I feel like, like stardom is, like, what it's trying to be is AJW if the ace of the company was Cutie Suzuki. I don't know how that makes sense, but to me it makes sense. And I'm not going to say anything else about it. Um, yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. Because, <laughs> because I, feel like, I feel like it has that foundational, like, oh, we want to have good work rate wrestling, like AJW had to a degree, where it's like, oh, like, the, the you know, like, not like 80s AJW. Like, I guess that would just be... Eight. Besides the point. Um, yeah, I feel like it's trying to be like 90s AJW, except Cutie Suzuki is like the, the fucking like poster child of it. Because I feel like they want to have that idol image in a way, and it, they, they want to have that like that like image of being this, um, this certain company, but they also want that, you know, work rate aspect of it. They want it both together. Um, I, again, no idea how this thought how to articulate this thought but i just have that I, I i that's why i was thinking so yeah right okay that's that's interesting um just i mean given that like the the ajw was essentially an idol promotion for like 15 years there during yes, the successful but, periods but i think specifically not that not saying that like they didn't have like work rate matches in like the eighties and whatnot, because like those matches were worked amazingly and they're really well done technically sound and whatnot. But I think the the action of stardom is trying to emulate nineties AJW. But the yeah. image of stardom is probably trying to emulate the earlier days of AJW. But I don't think that they'll ever be able to emulate that earlier days of AJW. So I think that's why I'm sort of thinking, oh, like Cutie Suzuki type AJW, because she, I don't know, I don't want to slander Cutie Suzuki, but she didn't, never mind, I'm not getting into that, that's a fucking bag of worms. Okay. Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact that Cutie Suzuki was in JWP. Um, yes, I know. You know. But yeah, I, I know what you're kind of getting on. But um, I think that's all the, the news to, to run down. Uh, I don't think there's anything else. No. No, okay. I don't think cool. so either. Yeah. Uh, Takumi so. and Takumi and Shigusa are, are very wholesome. That's that's my piece of news for the day. Indeed. Yeah, we we stand. Um, Indeed. So yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna get into it. Uh, we're gonna get into the review section here. We won't care about these reviews because uh, I mean, Stardom's winning Osaka Joe Hall this weekend, so that's where all the attention is gonna go. 
one one small thing about Nagoya is that it's sort of interesting. Jungle Kiona definitely would have been returning to these shows if she was returning to stardom. Um, Because she's cleared. She's, you know, she's healthy. If she was wrestling, she would be wrestling on these shows. Um, And that's kind of like a, a thing that like, obviously they don't like book around wrestlers and they just book how they book. They book shows for, you know, just because. And they book Nagoya, Nagoya shows like twice a year, basically, like the big Nagoya shows. I don't want to say these were big, but besides the point, um, she definitely would have been wrestling on the on these shows if she had re-signed with Stardom. So that's kind of sad to think about. Um, so it would have been like fun to see her back in Nagoya. But, you know, um, Mayu is a one-person losers club from now on. Good for Mayu. Um, so Lady C missed these shows. Uh, she was originally on the, the cards for them, but she... Uh, missed the show. She got an eye thing done. I don't know if she got eye surgery or she had like she got an eye injury. Yeah, an eye injury. Um, and she she thought she'd be fine, but they, uh, I guess as a precaution, she is off these two. She was off these two shows. Um, I don't know if she's she is on. She is still on the book yes. or, or the Osaka Joe Hawk card. Yeah, she has new gear. She she just said that it's like Pokemon gear or something funny. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, only one of the shows is up because Stardom is back to doing pre-match interviews, full entrances, the production, all that sort of stuff. So uh, there is no more day of uploads, which, you know, make up your own mind about that. Um, yeah, the first show to review was on October the 2nd. Uh, this is in the Nagoya Congress Center event hall. Uh, they do 350 fans, which is a really good number. Um and in the opener, we had the uh, Waka Tsukiyama Stardom Challenge Extra Match. Uh, Azumi beat Waka in just under seven minutes. Uh, we forgot to mention this, I think, but Azumi has new entrance music. Um, yes, I think we she did. Debuted to it during the it. GP. Yeah, there was a lot mm-hmm. to talk about, um, so we didn't we didn't mention that. But Azumi does have new music, and it's it's a big improvement over the last one. Yeah, it's fine. I I don't mind it. I know every every piece of new music that has come out people have immediately been like i don't like it but this time i was like i mean it's not it's not bad like it's it's probably better than her last one i didn't even hate her last one that much i know most people did i didn't even hate it that much but it was definitely an improvement um now i'm just waiting for konami to get music that isn't absolute ass cheeks so let's hope for that fair enough um the match itself was fairly standard uh Azumi was kind of working on top very cocky Azumi um, was doing bits, bro. I, I, like I was so that's sorry to you know hijack. Um, so mm-hmm. when when the the pre match promos came out, Azumi's just like sort of like you know she's just having a good time. She's like, yeah, I'm wrestling uh Tsukiyama. I don't know her the first name, but we're gonna wrestle. Yeah, and she's like, I I got the outstanding performance award um in the five star, and uh, yeah, I guess I gotta like you know do something now i guess i don't know i'm gonna have fun we're gonna have fun here and then she just started doing bits during the match like that like waka was trying to make her smile and azumi smiled and was like okay i'll shake your hand and then waka like rolled her up then azumi got out and just started kicking her and just like being like what the fuck man that sucks and then um she she pinned her with one foot and she did the like she did the kawaii like the peace sign i was like that's that's just great i love this this is phenomenal this is the best match i've seen all week um yeah, real good stuff. I enjoyed it. Good Azumi stuff. doing bits. Um, Azumi doing bits, much like I do bits. I appreciate that. Of course. 
Uh, in the next match, uh, Momo Nabe faced Fukigen Death. Uh, this was a lot of comedy. Uh, Fukigen did her newspaper bits. Uh, Momo promised to not let Fukigen smoke in her pre-match promo. I can't remember if she did or she did, did not. Get, get, she, she did. did. Okay. Momo kicked her in the face, though. Oh, okay. That I mean, what better way to stop somebody from smoking indoors? Yeah, just kick, yeah. <laughs> kick them in the face, man. <laughs> Why not? Um, and yeah, that was. Momo also that was did. She did um, brain buster deaths, which was great. I love that. She she just looks so happy in this match. I don't know. Like yeah. that, it really made me happy. She was just like she was just so ready to just beat up a clown. And I was just like, man, I'm I'm happy for you. And after the match, after she won, I think it was a roll up. Uh, she looked at death and did the death sign. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, fucking love Momo Watsonabe. She's so cool. She's so dope. She's fun. Queen's Quest, man. I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty chill. Um. The next match then was the Cosmic Angels team of Unagi Saka and Mai Sakurai taking on the Uedotai team of Saki Kashima and Raka. Uh, Unagi pinned Saki with the thank you for your service. Um, yeah, this, this was a match. I thought it had some good elements. I thought Mai and Saki were actually really good together. I thought Saki was like really being an absolute prick to Mai and Mai was just like firing back with these really good forearms. It was really good. Um, the only thing that I know about this match is um, Rossi Ogawa, once again, shout out Rossi, um, posted a picture of Saki stepping on Mai, and it, the, the caption was something along the lines of, that is not an inanimate per, it, it's not an inanimate o- object, it's a person, don't step on it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the, the, Rossi with the dry humor, once again, I love that shit. Um, yeah, go on, sorry. Um, yeah, no, so, I mean, Raka and uh, Unagi did some stuff to preview their future of Stardom title match, but um, honestly, I was more impressed by Mai and Saki Kashima, so, you know, fun times. Um, the next match, then, was um, oh, the Away to Tai team of Starlight Kid and Konami, taking on the Don Del Mondo team of Himeka and Natsupoi. Uh, Konami pinned Natsupoi, or no, she didn't, she submitted her with the Triangle Lancer, didn't get to watch this i don't know if you did i watched it half asleep last night so kind of okay. uh right. was it good was the main it question. was fine it was fine yeah. yeah it was it was pretty formulaic one thing was that i don't know if it's selling but or if it's just her her you know actual condition jumbo was having back problems in this one which is very concerning yeah. Oh, yeah. again not sure if it was if it was selling um she tried to do like a a two-person torture rack and she just couldn't lift them um without like her back giving out so again don't know if that was selling you never really know with with these types of injuries because uh back problems are always present um as we saw with matt jackson um of the young bucks selling his back for four years after <laughs> rapongi 3k attacked it once he just sold it for the next four or five years so yeah. maybe maybe jumbo just sells the back for the next five years um or maybe she's just actually still recovering from that back injury. Um, either way, hopefully that hopefully that gets all sorted out in due time. I thought it was a fine match. Um, yeah, a Jumbo's hot tag is as beautiful as ever. Um, I love that shit. But other than that, not a lot to take from it. Fair enough. Um, the next match was Aphrodite taking on Micah and Siri. This one went to a 15-minute draw. Um this was pretty much as you'd expect. Utami and Suri did, um, you know, the kind of grappling that you could telegraph if you were blindfold and deaf, um, and that was yeah. that, that led way to Micah and Saya trying to commit murder on each other. 
And then mm-hmm. Utami and Suri got back in and actually tried this time, and it was pretty cool. Um, so all around, it was a fun tag match. Uh, I could have done without the silly, typical grappling at the start, which is really starting to wear thin on me. But um, yeah, the rest of it was really good. I can't really complain too much. Um, Mike and Utami are so good together. It's it's crazy. And Mike and Saya yeah. as well. Like, honestly, all four of these wrestlers work really well together. I think um, Mike is good. You know, it's that's a hot, take, that's a right hot take. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's a hot take. But Micah is probably maybe good. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I was kind of shocked that it sort of came down to Micah and Utami trading falls before the 15 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Micah did get a win over Utami um, in the five star. I don't know if they run that one back. Um, I don't think they really need to. Um, I really before... don't, don't want that. Yeah, they no, because really because <laughs> their singles match. Like that's the thing is that I think Micah's probably one of the best tag wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. but with certain people, her singles matches just are really formulaic. Um, and with Utami, she's great. They're both great together in tag matches, but, um, in singles matches, they're just not as good as they probably should be. Um, but yeah, I was interested that it sort of became Micah versus, um, Utami near the end. Um, instead of, you know, Shuri Micah or, uh, Utami Shuri, or you, you know what I fucking mean. You know what I mean? I yeah. fucked that up, but I'm going to keep going. Indeed. So, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I felt like Aphrodite didn't really bring a lot. I felt like it was definitely mostly, uh, if there's any tag stuff, like specifically tag stuff, it was DDM bringing it to them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, and I think Aphrodite really excels in their like, more tag team-based offense and stuff, and they didn't really give a lot of that there. So that was kind of disappointing, but otherwise, you know, it was what you would expect. It was definitely a preview-type match, not a tag team-type match, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that. Um, if they hadn't already telegraphed enough that Utami versus Suri is 100% happening at Ryugoku, they might as well have put up a big fucking neon sign saying Konami and Takumi are not winning this weekend because yeah, they just... Even in the pre-match promos, Utami was like, yeah, so I have a defense this week, and if I retain here, then I'm going to wrestle Suri in December. And it's like, well, could have at least, like pretended that Takumi has a chance instead of okay yeah I'm wrestling Siri you know what I mean yeah. like we all know she's wrestling Siri they did that stupid right to challenge thing that tells you Siri is challenging but I would have liked some drama in, Ut- in Utami versus Takumi and they just did away with it by the fact that this was a preview of a match that isn't even made yet it's it's very frustrating because I feel like the stars are aligned for Takumi to win. That if the Shuri match hadn't already been made, I think that for probably the first time, I felt genuinely like Takumi could win this match. The Shuri match getting made in December makes me like completely dispels that that belief that it could happen. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. if Takumi was ever going to win the red belt, it would be this weekend. But because oh, yeah. they already told me that she's not going to win the red belt, I no longer have that like. Oh well, you know maybe because of the Sherry thing. So that's kind of not fun at all. Um, it sucks because I think Takumi, like Takumi, you know the the idea of oh Takumi might get crowned the red belt champion, a belt that she's been chasing from the jump um, inside of the arena that her her favorite wrestling match of all time happened, um, where her mentor lost um, in the last Joshi match to ever happen at Osaka Joe Hall. Her, her mentor lost to Dump Matsumoto. Um, 
and she's going to write that she's going to write all of the wrongs in the world and she's going to win the red belt and she's going to you know hold that high and she's going to you know power marvelous through a tough time like it, it all culminates right here for takumi and i know i'm getting into something that we should be talking about a little bit later it all culminates right here for takumi but that looming shuri match against utami just completely deflates that and it actually does make me quite upset um but you know we i, I jumped into something that we'll get into it later anyway so we can yeah we'll definitely we can definitely touch on it um because they have preempted a match that should happen you know but mm-hmm. i also just think that you know takumi deserves better than to just be thrown in but um yeah, we'll we'll go to that later. Uh, in the main event of the show, we had uh, an Osaka Joe Hall outpost tag match. Uh, Mina Shirakawa and Tam Nakano of the Cosmic Angels beat Koguma and Mayu Watani of Stars. Uh, Tam pinned Koguma with the Tiger Suplex hold. And um, okay, this one was very funny. Okay, so the match starts and uh, Tam and Mayu, like, push their tag partners aside. They're like, all right, we're going to do this. Very intense glare. You know, shit's about to go down. And then they do grappling. What is with this? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Why do you... Why are you grappling? Akira Hokuto and Shinobu Kandori did not start their second you match. You sound grappling. so Irish they right now. I'm other. sorry. They... <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's, it's true. Like, Hokuto and Kandori... The second match, they hate each other. They punched each other in the face. They didn't grapple. They didn't grapple. They punched each other in the face because that is the okay. accurate representation of the emotion. And Tam and Mayu were just like, oh yeah, let's just fucking grapple. <laughs> I mean, okay, like, I I don't... I, I agree. I agree with you. Let me preface that. But I think the story of this one that Tam is trying to tell is very specific um and we'll get into it later so this tag match i agree that it's like did you need to do that if the same opening happens in their title match i will agree that this is fucking stupid but and we'll get into it later i think there's a very specific story that's trying to be told with tam and mayu and i understand why this tag match would open like that um i was not excited while they were grappling i was like this is very fine grappling um but then koguma got in and said i'm a bear and i was like that's pretty dope um so yeah also small point um during their pre-match promos tam and mina uh referred to themselves as stardom's cutie pair uh dream h and i was like that's actually a pretty cool name I mean, they already stole the angels from the Jumping Bomb Angels, as Rossi said. Uh, so why not just also have one of their tag teams be called the Cutie Pair? I think that's pretty cool. Um, and that's what got me thinking of Cutie Suzuki today. Was like, huh? That's. I see. Huh? But yeah. Um, for so, those for those yeah. who maybe don't know, um, in the late seventies, a lot of the AJW tag teams were called like insert name here pair. So you had like the Queen Pair, wasn't it? Wasn't one of them the I think there was pair? a golden the, pair. The golden pair, uh, yeah. the black pair, the beauty pair, who was obviously uh, Jackie Sato and uh, Aki Ueda, who were like the Crush Gals before the Crush Gals. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's maybe what the reference is there, just for those who are maybe unaware. Yeah, so I honestly, like, I think Tam and Mina are probably my favorite tag team in Cosmic Angels, so if anybody was going to have 
uh, that name, I think that would probably be the best for them. I think that would be a cool name, um, especially better than Dream H, which um, does or does not stand for uh, their shared bra size. I don't fucking know. Um, we're not getting into this again. Um, so yeah, I think I think Cutie Pear is a lot cooler of a name. Um, this match was fine. I watched half of it. I don't know how it finished. Oh no. Um, honestly, I felt like it was getting really long, and then I was like, oh, it wasn't even twenty minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, there was some good bits to it, but um, I don't know. They didn't really excite me all that much about Tam versus Mayu. Um, but I mean, my excitement levels for that match are already high. Unless they grapple, in which case I will throw my laptop out the window. I won't actually. I don't. I don't have anger issues or anything. But you know. Oh, I um, do. I'm just poor. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 like seventeen <laughs> meals right there to throw a fucking computer. I can't do that shit. I need Chipotle, bro. Like I can't be. I can't be throwing. I can't be wasting electronics like that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I got him, guys. We got him. Let's go. Uh, that's what three straight, three straight episodes where I just completely get him. Like it's oh, right there with that with that one two. I'm poor hook right there. <laughs> Poverty, yeah. Got him right in the kisser. Dylan. Sorry. What are we doing? We should move on. <laughs> what is my life? I don't know. Um, so the, that the was the first Nagoya on... show. Yes. Uh, the next show was on October 3rd. Uh, this is also in Nagoya. This is in the same venue. Uh, this had 370 fans. Um, in the opener, Azumi beat my Sakurai and just over six minutes. Uh, in the next match, Utami... Boom, Waka lasted longer. Let's go. Uh, no, she didn't. Uh, Utami didn't beat Waka in... No, five minutes, 19. No, but against Azumi. I don't care about Utami. Oh. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> okay. Um, I have no idea, to be honest. I think I think Waka probably did last longer. Um, Let's go. Yeah, Utami beat Waka in the next match in uh, just over five minutes. Siri beat Fuki in death in just over five minutes. Uh, Saya Kamatani and Momwatanabe beat Ruaka and Saki Kashima. Uh, Saya pinned Saki with the Star Crusher. Um, Mayu and Koguma wrestled to a 15 minute draw with Starlight Kid and Konami. Um, interesting story about Mayu and Koguma is they still haven't decided on a team name, and uh, every time they don't win, they are going to change it. So they were they were Magma against Mina and Tam. But because they lost, they went by a different name here that I can't remember. I think it might have been like Cyclone or something. Um, but as Koguma said, well, we drew, so we have to change the name. So it didn't work. Didn't work out. Man, I'm I'm so excited. I hope they, I hope that like this. I hope they tag long enough so that the Stardom Wiki or like um, Wikipedia itself has to name all of their tag names. Um, so the MK Sisters, the MK Duo, um, Ma- Maguma. Magma, um, Cyclone. Like I hope that they. Have, I hope I. I'm going to get mad if they don't list list every single one of their names, um, because it's a bit. You gotta you gotta respect the bit, guys. Come on. Indeed. Uh, in the main event of this show, in the Artists of Stardom Championship match, Natsupoi, Himeka, and Micah beat Unagi Sayaka, Minishirakawa, and Tam Nakano. 
uh, to become the new Artist of Stardom Champions. Uh, this ends the Cosmic Angels reign at, I believe, 291 terror. days after seven successful defenses, making them the longest reigning and winningest Artist of Stardom Champions of all time. Yeah. It was time for, for the, the oh, 100%. titles to change, 100%. It was uh, time three months ago when they wrestled the first Mahima Koi versus Cosmic match. Even though Jumbo was out 30. after that. You know, that's actually, now that I think about it, that My Himipoi match happened like a couple weeks before both Natsupoi and Jumbo went out. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were initially planning um, for them to win the belts there. But then we're like, oh, well, neither of them are in great condition. So we might just want to wait on that. It's possible. I might be remembering the timeline wrong, but that's always possible. Because I feel like the last few months with Cosmic Angels has been very like, oh, they, just kind of have the belts because you know reasons um they haven't really been defending it that much obviously the tournament went on and whatnot uh but besides all of that all of the schematics i'm really happy that my Himipoi won the belts um jumbo with the pink belt has been a long time coming and i'm very happy to see it indeed um so after the match uh the queen's quest trio of azumi sai kamatani and Mum Watanabe basically said, hey, we're going to wrestle on Asakajo Hall. Should we, can we make that a um, an Artist of Seven Championship match? And I, I don't think that's official, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to they're gonna do it. And just We also didn't mention the UWF rules, by the way. That happened after the Konami match. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Konami, um, after the draw with Koguma and Mayu, Konami was like, hey, Siri... Let's wrestle in uh, UWF-style rules. Um, now, I'm not big up on UWF-style rules, but I'm pretty sure they aren't doing UW UWF. They're doing, like, a toned-down version because I don't think they're doing the points. They're just doing the KO or submission thing. Yeah. They're doing... And I, I mentioned this to you um, the other day. They're actually doing Fire Pro SWA rules for the SWA belt. Because um, in Fire Pro, it's knockout or submission, I believe. Um, for right. SWA rules, so yeah, kind of, kind of a fun little thing that they're <laughs> they're just doing SWA rules in the SWA championship match. Except, um, you know, SWA rules are, you know, whatever. You get it. It's funny. It's funny. It's it's ironic. You know, you wouldn't expect it. It's a coincidence. It's not really ironic because uh, you. It's cool. Okay, UWF rules. Fun. No, it's, uh, shh, shh, it's okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That was that was weird. Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I just I needed you to just like understand you were because you were going. You weren't gonna. <laughs> I was just like you have to stop. <laughs> yeah, it's time fair. to stop. Yeah. Don't uh, don't no. We're we are not at the point where we do filthy Frank references, Alex. That's not where we're at. Okay, maybe a couple episodes down the line. What? Who or what is a filthy Frank? You used a meme and you don't even know where it's from. Oh, of course not. It's just something that pops God. up. All the time. Oh, Alex, you're so uncultured. Hold on. Is Filthy Frank the Joji? Is that yes. the Joji? Yes. Oh, that is, okay. that is where it. it's yeah. time to cut, stop comes from. Okay, okay. I get it. I, I see. I mean, he's not. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's it's different gimmicks, you know? Just, you know. Yes. He has all many right. different gimmicks. Fun times. So reason people are here to listen this weekend <laughs> on the 9th of october stardom 
runs Osaka Joe Hall for the 10th anniversary grand final Osaka Dream Cinderella 2021. <clears throat> that's, that is a mouthful. Indeed. So by my estimation, this is the first uh, Joshi show in Osaka Joe Hall since 1995 uh, when AJW did Wrestling Queendom there. I believe that was the tag tournament. Uh, double in a way. Beat uh, Manami Toyota and Lizard Yuki, who uh, is actually Saki Hasegawa. Um, I believe that was that show. I, I didn't. Rem- I didn't know that AJW ran Osaka Joe after that. Uh, after the Crush Gals era, I did not know that. I'm surprised I didn't yeah. know that. I feel like I should. They ran most of their big buildings after the Crush Gals for some reason. I never really understood that. Maybe they just weren't yeah. like open, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure that was Osaka Joe Hall. It might have been like a weird translation thing because um, who knows? But I'm pretty sure it was Osaka Joe Hall. Um, okay. Pretty sure is good enough. Yeah, and I'm, I, I think it was like a, a gimmicky thing where they were like crowning the 100th 3DBA tag team champions or something. So they were like doing a tournament. I don't know if it was the 100th one because obviously there was like 70 GWA tag champions before the 3DBA thing came in. So I don't really know. But uh, I'm 90% sure there was some like tag team gimmick there for the Wrestling Queendom show. But um, on to the card anyway. Um, as we mentioned, I think last week, Chigusa Nagayo is on commentary for this show. She's on the Japanese feed. Um, obviously, you mentioned it earlier. She had the legendary match with Dump Matsumoto there in 85 or 86. And that is the match that made Takumi want to be a wrestler. So it's a very historic match, and it's cool to see Nagayo in this venue again. Yes. Oh, um, it was... Okay, it... The last, sorry, I, I just had to look this up. It was 93 was Wrestling Queendom. Um, the last AJW show to ever happen in Osaka. There was Joe. a couple of Wrestling Queendoms, wasn't there? Yeah, but I don't think it was in Osaka Joe Hall. Oh, maybe it was Osaka Castle. Are they different? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they are different. The Osaka Castle, because we made fun, like, Natsupoi got made fun of for thinking that they were wrestling in Osaka Castle when they were actually wrestling in Osaka Joe Hall. I don't fucking know. Um, but. That wrestling queendom appears to be. Wait, but that one doesn't have the. Man, I, I'm, 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 I'm tired. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. <laughs> I mean, we can yeah, continue now. Fair. Okay. What, were, what was the question you asked, or what did you say? Um, I said that it's cool that Nagayo gets to like be at an all women's show in this venue again, given that she was like the headliner of of a massive show here, and you know, obviously she's seen the you know, the Joshi scene kind of die and uh, come back to life, so. Twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <laughs> she she is the, you know, she's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, I think that goes without saying, um, but she has the most connection to Joshi wrestling than any other person in wrestling history, basically, um, and she also has the biggest connection in Joshi wrestling to Osaka Joe Hall, um, so... Not only is it really nice for her to be able to commentate um, with all of that behind her, but also being able to commentate um, her star pupils, um, you know, championship uh, challenge. I think, you know, like that, that's a pretty big deal, too. I'm, I'm excited. Overall, I think, obviously, we don't speak Japanese, so it's not going to be very useful to us. But I think her being there is very nice and it's very um, I'm excited for it, you know, even if I won't understand what she says. Yeah, no, it's it's just nice to see her get to experience that. I mean, you know, she's like the sweetest human being ever, and I just yeah. want all of the success in the world for her. So, oh, one hundred percent. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it, it's just, yeah. I love Chikusa so much. Yeah, she's the best. Um, but yeah, onto the card. Um, the opener, uh, well, there's a dark match. It's Lady C and Waka against uh, Saki Kashima and Rina. So I don't know what they're going to do there. Poor Saki gets relegated to the pre-show, which kind of sucks. Yeah. It, they really... Man, I don't know. Like, obviously, like, they want to get the, the newbies on the roster um, some time, but it really should have been, like, Lady C and Hanan or something. Because, like, now Waka and Hanan aren't, like, like Waka's in Cosmic Angels, so her and Lady yeah. C aren't even, like, a team. Like, I don't know. I, it feels weird, like, because, uh, okay. you know. See, what I think happened is Waka was probably meant to be in the Cosmic Angels tag match with Marvelous. Obviously, Marvelous had three departures, and Mia was hurt. So they only have two people to represent them. Yeah. So I think maybe Anan was originally on a team with Lady C, but then Marvelous could only send two wrestlers, and the uh, the tag match there had to be changed to a two-on-two. So I don't know if that's true, but that, to me, seems like it would make sense that they would have sent, like, a Hoshizuki, uh, Rhea, Rin, you know... Yeah. Yeah, that that's true. It was it would either be May or Mio, and both of them are not available. So, um, yeah, that kind of sucks. But this there's not much to talk about from the dark match. Um, Lady C has new gear that she's debuting on the show, so anticipate that. Uh, if we get to see it, because obviously, obviously it's a dark match. Saki yeah. probably just well, beats... they upload those to the world, the Stardom world. Yeah, I believe. But you know, Fair enough. Um, yeah. Onto the main show, though. The future of Stardom Championship is on the line. Unagi Saka defends against Ruaka. Um, I feel like Unagi defends here. I think Hanan is probably the one to beat Unagi for the belt. Um, I think maybe we see Mariah Mayumi show up after this to challenge Unagi. How long has Mariah been wrestling? Uh, not that long. Damn, she's really we'll good. Double though. check that. Yeah, let me just double check though, because honestly, you can never be sure with uh, TJW. Yeah. yeah. Um, she debuted in May of 2019, so yeah, she has time. Yeah, she has until um next May, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. Um, obviously, I think Mariah's great, and it would be kind of funny if she debuted during the Wrestle Princess show. Um. Just because I, I find that kind of like it's it's yeah. a real you know WCW WWE type thing even though yeah know, I just find that interesting uh I could see it I don't know where she places in in Stardom I don't know if she goes to Stardom I feel like she was one of those people that was like oh she's probably going freelance and gonna just massacre people and it's gonna be great um, I don't see where she fits necessarily in Stardom but I think that, that she I honestly yeah I think I think her in Stars would be great and I think that. She definitely has a place anywhere that she goes. So, um, mm-hmm. though I will say, Mirai getting beat by Unagi makes me want to throw up. You know what? That's fair. But you listen, growing pains have to happen. So, yeah, you got to go through the eel to get to the success. That was like you were going for like a pun. I think I don't know what you were like. That just didn't. Oh, it, was... it was meant to be profound. It wasn't profound, Alex. Okay. Book. Anyway, uh, the next match is a Cosmic Angels team of Mai Sakurai and Mina Shirakawa versus Rin Kadokura and Maria of Marvelous. 
Um, Marvelous! Woo! Yeah, it's going to be a fun match. Uh, Rain is obviously really good. I think Rain and Mina could do some fun stuff uh, against each other. And Maria, I mean, I like Maria. I think she's going to be cool here. I can definitely see her impressing a lot of Stardom fans uh, with her performance. She's not like Momono or even Meiho Suzuki levels, but she, she is a good wrestler, you know. I think she was always, like, right behind them. I, I'd say her and Rin are pretty similar. I don't know. I, Rin's really good, though. I don't know. I'm a big Maria guy, um, as I'm sure most of you guys know. I really do like Maria. Um, I think she can really kill it here. Who wins? Because, like, I feel like Marvelous wins, but at the same time, I don't feel like Mar Like, Marvelous gets their win back because the Takumi match, right? Like, they could beat my Sakurai. Like, it's not that hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sakurai can get beaten like a post you know she's got like 30 exactly. matches under her belt she's she's fine yeah I, I think i think i think marvelous wins there um and yeah i i hope that they do more um especially when and if mio comes back um i hope that they do a little bit more marvelous stardom interactions just because um i don't know i feel like mio could really kill it and her her back getting injured right now um, is like worst case scenario in terms of timing as somebody who watches stardom shows religiously uh it's kind it, it does kind of suck but at the same time i think maria and rin are definitely going to show out so i think that's more than enough uh for this match to be good as long as my doesn't get in the way time um the next match is the high speed championship match starlight kid takes on fuki and death um, you may be wondering, oh wow, Fuki and Death challenge her stablemate, Starlight Kid. I wonder why that happened. Well, dear listener, let me explain to you. Fuki and Death, I believe, saw Nagasaka's uh, photo shoot where she had the future belt and her other belt covering her bits and was like, I want to do that. So Fuki wants to win the high speed belt to do a nudie photo shoot with the belt. In Shupro, so specifically. In, yes, not in the, it's, not it's, in the it's, grab it's, your magazine like Unagi did. She she wants to be the cover of Shoe Pro, doing gra <laughs> like that's just funny. Oh man! And the funny part was, and I think I think Xavier posted this, or maybe it was uh, I forget I forget who it was. Um, that it's like the crowd popped so hard when they heard <laughs> that Yonoyama wanted to grab here. Like I was just like, damn guys, y'all are a bit too too excited about this Cork and Hall. Like that's a bit. I mean like more power to her but like they got real like that was like the biggest pop of the night when she when konami said that shit a couple weeks ago and that was like really funny to me um yeah yeah i think kid wins personally probably yeah i mean fukigen is usually slotted in as like the first defense that people always overcome yeah um, but didn't hazuki lose it to fukigen or something or she lost it to death yamasan she did but, you know, I feel like Fukigen, if she challenges, like, later down the line, can always win it. But if she's your first challenger, then she's she's not likely to take it off, off you. Yeah, I suppose you're right there. And before we get further, I actually must mention the ticket sales. Um, as of now, the VIP seats have sold out. The Arena B seats have sold out. The second floor front row seats have sold out. And uh, the women's exclusive seats have also sold out, which is really cool. Um, so they are moving tickets fairly well, it seems, uh, for this show, which is, you know, always a positive. Yeah. Um, you know, this, like, we're not really like selling it as it, as such, but this could be like their highest attendance ever. <laughs> like it, it has the very, it has the capabilities of it. I don't know if it will, 
But like, just capacity-wise, I don't think so. No, but they they reduced the the state of emergency. See, I don't know if the the venues and companies are still um, adhering to strict rules though, because they still have like the full guidelines listed for all the events. Like, yeah, you still yeah. have to get like temperature check, and you're not allowed to cheer and stuff. So I don't know if like the events companies themselves have been like, okay, yeah, we're free now, you know. Oh well, yeah, but but I'm just saying that like statistically, I don't see the like I I could definitely see them getting up there like. At least modern era, I could see them getting 3,500. Maybe that's being a bit too generous, but I can see yeah. them getting around what they got with the Budokan. I don't know. You see, with the Budokan, they had the appeal of, you know, having the Aikawas and, and the Gaio and Emi Sakura and stuff on the show. I'm not sure, as much as I love them, that like Utami and Takumi are going to sell like 3,000 tickets. And same with Mayu and Tam. You know what I mean? Um, could definitely see them doing the region in the region of two thousand, but I don't think they're gonna touch three. I think Ria Goku might with a push, um, but I don't. Really yeah, know. I don't know. I feel like Osaka, and like not to sound like you know, a, a, you know, somebody who's pretending to know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, so let me preface with that. I feel like Osaka's a good spot for them, and they haven't. I I think. I don't know, maybe I'm overselling the impact of geography, but I feel like they could definitely get a good number in Osaka, um, as this is their biggest show in Osaka ever. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's those big shows that are happening in Yokohama and Tokyo, but this is their biggest show in Osaka to date. So I'm I'm kind of interested in that. I think that it could definitely do a high number um, that resembles what they could do at their highest in Tokyo. Uh so yeah, maybe maybe that's just me, you know, overanalyzing, but I think it's it's possible to get around 3000. Maybe I'll be, you know, I'll be proven wrong, but you never know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see cuz I know New Japan is running um Elian Osaka Arena that same day. So, I don't know if you're going to have fans having to pick or choose or if people are maybe going to try and attend both because um I don't know how many fans New Japan is going to get for Kota Ibushi versus the Great Okan, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see there. I don't know. I mean, you have stiff competition from Wrestle Princess, and then you're going to have some people making decision between the G1 show and this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, anyway, how that goes. I think if they are going to touch a, a 3,000 plus, then it will be Rhea Goku rather than this, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I think. I don't know. Again, with with the this with the limitations sort of rising a little bit, even though maybe not fully, um, it will be interesting. And we've said this for the past year or so now, but it will be interesting to see how Stardom does in like the real, um, I don't want to say post-COVID world, but like the non-heavily limited world, um, as you know, vaccines start rolling out more and more in Japan. I'm interested to see how they do with all that, and if this is the first. Um, step in that, or if Ryugoku is, um, I am interested to see how they how they do number wise, um, and if they can ever beat that fifty five hundred mark that they set, uh, what seven eight years, years ago? ago? Yeah, eight years ago. Yeah, I so I, I wonder if they'll be able to to ever do that, or not ever do that, but do that in the next year or so or two. I think we could see that definitely. Um... Yeah, enough speculating. Um, the next match is an Artist of Stardom Championship match. Uh, Donna Del Mondo 
Micah, Hameka, and Natsupoi. They defend against Queen's Quest, the team of Mum Watanabe, Azume, and Saya Kamatani. Um, typically, a first defense, you would have the champions as favorites, but I think EDM is in real trouble here of losing them straight away. You know, I, I feel like they were originally supposed to win these belts before the GP, but obviously, you know, show cancellations and injuries kind of prevented that. But now, you know, they have them. They might just go through with the original booking, which would have been maybe to just, like, have them lose to QQ here. Because, I mean, Momo, Azami, and Saya is a really strong team. And I think they're, as far as trios champions go, I think they're a great choice to, to win the, the belts. Yeah, it's, it's hard, because, like, it's one of those cases where I feel like DDM has made... Uh, QQ to look like fucking losers and I kind of feel like QQ needs to not feel like losers right now um, but betting on QQ against DDM is never particularly a smart idea um, mm-hmm. so especially first defense blues like I don't I don't really see, I, I think my Himipoi just wins here um, though I do kind of I would like if the RS belts not we're hot potatoed for a bit, but like we're a little bit more, uh, you know, rotated now that yeah. Cosmic Angels has, you know, doesn't have that chokehold on them anymore. It would be interesting to see them, you know, go to Stars for a bit, you know, like Mayu gets a, a like Mayu, Koguma, and Hanan just get a win and then drop them a defense or two later. Like I, I think it could be um, rotated around a bit more. Um, over the next year or so, so that we don't have that lengthy just, oh, you know, the artist belts exist, but do they really? Because they just randomly are one and then never one. Like, it, it, I feel like they've been too stagnant with the Cosmic Angels and it's grown kind of tired. So I would like to see it be rotated to Queen's Quest um, pretty quickly. I don't know if they do it in the first defense, but I'd be interested in it. Still think DDM's winning, though. That's fair, yeah. I just, I mean, I, th- I think DDM are favorites, but I don't think QQ has like 0% chance. I think they're yeah. a dangerous team that uh, could definitely win them. And I think that all three of them, to a degree, need to be protected a little bit more mm-hmm. than like, like I feel like, not to say that they don't need to be protected, but really Micah is the only one of my Himipoi that's like being treated as up to to like a a huge challenge like she she's on the verge of challenging for the white or red belt at any point at this point um i feel like natsupoi and jumbo aren't quite there whereas i feel like they're trying to keep momo looking pretty strong they're trying to keep saya looking pretty strong azumi is always on the cusp of doing something fun and doing something good so i can definitely see if any team is gonna you know make my himipoi defenseless i think they'll be queen's quest like, I, like that's it's definitely up in the air, and I'm actually really interested in this match. Um, the next match is the reunion of destiny. Hazuki takes on Koguma. Um, this, I mean, for people who don't know the history here, uh, Hazuki and Koguma debuted within like months of each other back in 2014, 2015. Um, they I actually just were... watched. Hazuki's uh, debut match against Koguma. Yeah. It was really good. Um, Hazuki was just beating the shit out of her. Um, and then shit. Koguma obviously won. But yeah, it was really yeah. fun. Um, yeah, so they would have been like early rivals in kind of the high-speed division and like kind of the the, the same rookie kind of class almost. Um, yeah. And then obviously Koguma retired in 2015. So 
you know, you probably never thought you'd see them in a ring again, especially because when Koguma came back earlier this year, Hazuki had retired by then. So those two now being back in stardom, unable to wrestle each other, is some weird kind of fate that has obviously given this match the title, the reunion of destiny. So I think this is going to be great. I mean, Koguma is the high-speed uh, bear because obviously she is very, very good at high-speed wrestling. Uh, Hazuki, as anybody knows, is great at high-speed wrestling. And even if they don't do high-speed stuff, they're going to kill each other. So, I mean, this is going to be fantastic either way. Um, and I think Hazuki kind of has to win because that just makes yeah. the most sense. And this is where I think this is a really smart match because Koguma, ever since she came back earlier this year, has been booked really well. I mean, she finished on 11 points in her GP block, the same amount as Mayu and Starlight Kid. So she's clearly been presented really, really well. And having Hazuki come back and beat somebody who's booked so strong is a real statement win for Hazuki to kind of instantly insert her at the top of the card with credibility. Yeah, um, totally. So, like, I, I, you already, you already just said it, but just think about like Koguma's year for a second. She is one of a handful of people to ever pin Julia. Um, she barely gets beaten by anybody who isn't a champion. Like, we just saw her get pinned by Tam, but she's Wonder Champion, so that kind of makes sense. And you know, the five star, obviously, she gets like rolled up and stuff, but it's like, really, she, she hasn't been defin like definitively beaten by almost any who isn't extremely reputable um and i think hazuki coming back and beating her will automatically place her it's like oh like for new fans it'll be like oh so she's a bigger deal than koguma and koguma's a pretty big deal you know like relatively i think she's she's definitely uh acclimated herself very well with the stardom roster i think hazuki coming back and beating koguma is like you said extremely smart um really probably the best move they could have gone with for Hazuki's first match. And it also um, will give us a, a look into what Hazuki's um, mindset is going into coming back. Like, is she going to be ultra aggressive? Is she going to, you know, um, be more just like straight laced? Like she, from interviews and whatnot, she seemed like she's um, a baby face, so to speak, you know, in that, oh, she's shaking Koguma's hand. She's excited to wrestle Koguma. Um, she's, you know, being nice. She's smiling. She's not, you know, being this um, aggressive force that maybe you would expect from her last few months with, this, with the company in 2019. So it's interesting to see in match how she uh, carries herself against Koguma. Does she, you know, obviously she's going to beat her ass because that's what Hazuki does. But will she be like, we might see where she falls with factions even in this match, you know, like we really yeah. don't know what to expect out of this. Um, so I think there's a lot going into this that I'm really excited to see. Obviously Hazuki has always been one of my favorites. Um, Team moon was my favorite time to be a wrestling fan. Um, was their their tag league stuff um, where they both painted each other up. And I just, I just love Hazuki. Everybody knows this. So I'm really excited to see this match. Um, and I'm also really excited to see what it implies about the future of Hazuki in stardom. Yeah, it'll definitely give us a good indication. And if she doesn't join Stars after, then there's a good indication that she'll at least give us some idea of her goal. Um, so I'm definitely interested there in how that works. And I'm interested in seeing how she can portray herself. I mean, when she left, she was a big star who was having a great year as far as like rest the wrestling goes. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if she can pick that back up. 
Isan Matane can, because uh, she obviously like didn't look a step behind during the matinee show. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see if she can keep that up here in her return to stardom. Yeah, more percent. I'm I'm just really excited to see this match. I think, uh, and I I think obviously I I just went on a whole tirade about how Kogama looks great, um, like in terms of like kayfabe, but also Kogama is just a great wrestler, and I feel like everybody says it like kind of as a meme that's like, oh, the bear's awesome. Oh, oh, we love the bear, but it's like in actuality, she's just one of the most consistent wrestlers on the roster at this point. She's really fucking good. So I think there's. I, I'm excited for this match. I really, really am. Um, probably my most excited match of the night. Um, if it, if the if the Shuri looming in the background of the main event changes my opinion on anything, it makes this one a bit more excited for me than that one. You know, what I mean, obviously yeah. you're a big Takumi guy, so you probably feel differently. But that that's that's it. You know, this is like main event for me because I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, Azuki back. That's fair. Um, from a match that I'm excited about to this thing. <laughs> Uh, the SWA Undisputed World Women's Championship and Siri's right to challenge briefcase are on the line in a UWF rules match that isn't exactly UWF rules. Uh, Siri defends against Konami. Um, thank you, Rossi Ogawa, for taking away any and all intrigue for this match by putting that right to challenge on the line because that tells me Siri is winning and there's no point in getting in- invested in this match. Um, which is a real disservice, because, I mean, Konami and Siri have a lot of history together. We we, we went over that um, in the preview for their Budokan match. Like, they, they go back to, like, Reina when Siri took mm-hmm. Konami under her wing after Asuka just kind of left Konami alone when she got signed to WWE. So, you know, they both have legitimate backgrounds in, like, realistic fighting. Obviously, Siri was in the UFC. Um, Konami was trained by E. Kana. Um, so, you know, the, they should have a good match. Um, and they, you know, obviously they have good chemistry and they're not afraid to kick the shit out of each other. But yeah, the booking here just kind of destroys my interest because these right to challenge things are just stupid. I mean, I don't I don't see the point, you know. The, like, Siri isn't going to lose it. And if she does lose it, that's just the dumbest thing they've done in a long time because Siri main eventing, or Konami main eventing Ryogoku against Utami. No offense to Konami, it just hasn't been built up at all, and it's not a, a Ryu Goku main event match. You know what I mean? So are you no are you reason. not excited for Konami versus Takumi to main event Ryu Goku? Oh man, that would be kick ass. Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> they they really took away all the intrigue here because either Siri wins as she should, or you have the stupid oh no, Konami has the right to challenge now, and she's gonna have a match with Utami that has zero build and. Yeah, I just, I hate it. I don't understand yeah. this challenge stuff. So you know how we were talking about elevating the SWA belt? Um, they did the opposite, and they made it literally the least important thing um, in in stardom right now. Because it, yes. it literally, like, and part of me was like, okay, then maybe maybe we should just, like, completely kill the SWA belt, make it option C. Like, if if we're going to do, if we're, if we're just going to murder it like this and make it, like, such an afterthought that's, like, uh, like... They did this before, didn't they? With Naito. New Japan did this before. Where Naito had the never belt and was like defending it while also defending the briefcase. It was really stupid when he did it too. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just, I, I don't like it here. Um, I'm sure the match will be fine. I've, and I might get a little flack for this. I've seen 
uh, Shuri versus Konami, I think, enough this year. Uh, I, I would have preferred if this waited um, for, like, sometime next year, maybe. But, you know, I, I'm never going to be upset that I'm seeing it because I'm sure it'll be a really good match. And um, the UWF rules will either make it a lot better and, like, a real interesting, and it will, like, um, really just make it a very just smartly done match, or it will take away from it and just mean that they're, you know, pretending to fight each other and it just looks like they're pretending to fight each other if you know what i mean like so it depends it could either make it a lot better or a lot worse there's not a lot of middle ground i'm excited to see what happens but like you said it's kind of a shame that uh the right to challenge thing is is a thing now because it does take away from the swa belt from the match itself from basically everything and everybody involved yeah and i i hope they never do the right to challenge thing again no, like, listen, I get it if you're doing it this year for Suri Utami, but it is the laziest trope ever, and it's never interesting. And if somebody does lose it, and generally that just doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? Like, if I win a tournament, I've outlasted everybody, I shouldn't have to defend my right to, to get my prize. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is I don't, it is. I don't even. Cool, I don't cool even tournament. hate... I don't even hate the right to challenge thing as much as you do. I just think that in this case specifically, it's very stupid. Um, yeah. Because, like, I, I get theoretically in tournaments that it's like, oh, well, you won the tournament, but you lost matches. So you have to write those losses in some way. I don't think that should be, like, the, like, oh, if, you, like, it, it doesn't make sense, like, the literal right to challenge. But I get the, the idea of, like, oh, we well, have to, you know, correct your, your losses in the past. Um, before you can truly be considered the best in the world at that point. I get that, but I think, like, the briefcase and, like, everything that it entails and every like, it's just really stupid to me. So mm -hmm. I'm not against the right to challenge. I think in this case specifically, Shuri has already beaten Konami. Um, yeah, Konami won in the tournament, but Shuri has a title belt. So, like, that, yeah. perfect. Like, just put the title online. There's no need mm -hmm. to have a right to challenge. Like, it, it just doesn't, it's, everything completely, combined in this specific situation just makes it very stupid to me um more stupid than i already think it is so that, that's yeah. that's my last piece on it sure the match will be fine um if not really really good fair enough um the next match though is one that i'm really looking forward to it's the wonder of stardom championship match uh tam nakano defends against mayu iwatani um, obviously, I mean, the history between Mayu and Tam goes back a long way to January of 2018 when Tam Nakano was forced out of a way to tie after a loss to Queen's Quest and Mayu very forcibly recruited Tam to the Stardom Army, which eventually became Stars. Um, from then on, kind of, Tam was attached at the hip to Mayu because Mayu gave her a home, you know, after she lost her, her previous home. Um until last year when she broke away at the worst possible time because you know Mayu was having this crisis of confidence because she lost the world title and all of a sudden Tam is like oh by the way yeah I kind of want to like leave stars and Mayu was like please no um so yeah the there's a lot there I mean Mayu took Tam in at her worst and then Tam in Mayu's eyes kind of left her at the worst time and abandoned her so there's a lot of bad blood between these two that I'm really hoping they play up. Uh, if they do any stupid grappling, I swear to God, I will scream. But 
if they just play into the emotions of this match, which I'm sure Tam Nakano will do. That's her whole thing this year is that she does tap into that emotional side of things. Um, I think with Mayu on the role she has been on since the, uh, the gauntlet match with the Weight of Tai, I think she's just going to absolutely commit murder and Tam will also commit murder and this is going to be fantastic. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, so... I have a lot of thoughts about this match. Um, so what Tam wants to do is prove that she has overcome and surpassed Mayui Watson. I feel like that's everybody's point nowadays is I have surpassed Mayu and nobody tr- truly does it. Um, in fact, I think in an interview a few months ago, Tommy was mentioning how she beat Mayu, but afterwards she felt this like emptiness in her, in her because she still couldn't overcome this iconic pun intended, iconic uh, feeling that Mayu... I have a lot to say about this match. Um, So Tam is trying to, as a wrestler, overcome and surpass Mayu Iwatani. And that seems like everybody's kind of thing in stardom is this like feeling of needing to overcome uh, Mayu as a wrestler. And um, I, I think I think about like Utami, who's obviously Red Bull champion. She's the ace of the company as of right now. Um, she said in an interview, I want to say earlier this year, that she was talking about winning the Red Belt and how after she won the Red Belt from Mayu, she had beaten her and she had defeated her and she had overcame her. But for the ma- months that followed, even though Mayu at this time was going through a real serious identity crisis, there was still this this iconic feeling about Mayu that Utami just couldn't become bigger than, even with the red belt, even as the ace of the company, she couldn't surpass this, this iconic figure. And so it's, it's really interesting. And I feel like that, even if it doesn't play into the actual match itself, it plays into my feelings about the match because both of these wrestlers have said that they're probably not going to be wrestling, you know, three years from now. And so that sort of brings into into question who for the next two years is going to be the the person, you know what I mean? Because if Tam wins here, she effectively surpassed Mayu Otani. And for somebody who maybe was a little bit younger, maybe has a little bit more time that she is projecting that she's going to wrestle, I think that would make sense is, you know, somebody who like if, I don't know, there's not really a good example. If uh, Arisa... You know, if, if Arisa was in Tam's shoes last year and she, uh, you know, left Mayu and was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to uh, surpass Mayu. And then she wrestled Mayu today and she was going to be in the wrestling business for 10 more years. I think that person would win and would successfully defend the white belt and continue to surpass Mayu and the Cosmic Angels in whatever state or form it would have been if that hypothetical had happened would be the top. Um, the top babyface group, but because that is not the, the the timeline that we live in, it's hard to see Mayu losing here mm-hmm. because I don't see like if they both have exactly two years from this date left, which isn't obviously isn't the case. If they both have exactly that time left, you would want to spend that time having Mayu be built up, built back up so that she can build other people below her up more than you would want Tam to be built up so that she can build people around her up, in my opinion. Um, just because Mayu's a more complete wrestler, she's a more, you know, historic, 
historied wrestler. She has more to offer, in my opinion, than Tam. But looking at it in the real world, I also just don't see Mayu losing here. I don't know. I feel like I'm going in circles here, but I just, I just there's a lot to this match that I'm really interested in, and I just can't put my finger on why. Like it feels very important. Obviously, it is important in the storyline and outside the storyline, but it feels very important. I can't really put my, I can't really articulate it. I guess. Okay. Well, the the way I see it almost is that Mayu kind of has to win because. I don't think Tam is the one to surpass her in this kind of way. Um, and if Tam does win this, what's like the big Tam Nakano Wonder Stardom Championship match at Ryogoku? You know what I mean? Like Tam's whole thing is these like big emotional matches where she can connect to past threads. And I don't think there's anybody else that Tam can really have that kind of match with on the roster, you know? So giving it to Mayu, who, you know, is having this, like, big resurgence, and she's on a hot streak ever since the, the gauntlet match with the Weiro Tai. She's coming off a win against Starlight Kid. She has a lot of people that she could wrestle and elevate as white belt champion, whereas I think Tam has almost run the course already. And I think, obviously, Mayu has bigger matches waiting for her, as, you know, because presumably she'll be the main drawing match of one of the November pay-per-views and then she's obviously going to be relied relied on to draw a lot for Rhea Goku so to me she kind of has to win for those reasons but it also just kind of Tam shouldn't really be the one to surpass Mayu because she doesn't have that long left you know as you said if you're going to have a baby face surpass Mayu and to become the new heart of stardom it should be kid really yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I feel like Tam got thrusted into this role, um, sort of like not against her will, because obviously she's you know thriving and she's excited. Like, but she was thrusted into this role very um, awkwardly and very aggressively last year. And you know, say what you will, she's she's swam. She hasn't sunk, and I think. I don't think that she it's has the longevity to it. Like she's already marking on the day she will have tied Julia's length of reign. Um yeah. so at at what point does she lose it? You know, if she doesn't lose mm-hmm. it here. And who too? Like does she lose Desaya, I guess, but that we already saw that match and it was fine. Um she already ba- beat Kid and again already saw that match, it was fine there aren't a lot of people that she can lose it to and it makes sense. And I also think that Mayu, her, her, her thing, Mayu's thing has always been that she wants to reclaim both like the W championship thing, you know, after she lost it very unceremoniously many years ago, um, she was double champion for like 28 days and then lost one of them and then got injured. It was a real, (laughs) it was a real uh, Mayu type of situation where it just all went like it just all went wrong it all completely uh crumbled so that has always sort of been like okay i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna win my belts back even though it's been an underlying element of everything that was always sort of like the the assumed thing that mayu wants is to win both her belts back and be that you know the icon that she is and i feel like her winning the white belt brings a lot more elements to just 
the company. I don't know. I think Mayu's the main character of the company after all. So like you can't, it's hard to say, oh, it would be better if she was not champion against basically anybody else, mm-hmm. which might just be me loving Mayu. But I also think that's just has some foundational truth to it. I feel like I've talked too much about this one, though. So I'm going to let it go. That's fair enough. No, I think you've got your point across, and I think we're in agreement here that it just makes the most sense for, for Mayu to win, um, just in terms of what comes next, and also just the story that is this match. Um, I think you could have an easy time with uh, Unagi coming out to challenge Mayu. I mean, Unagi probably wants a wipe belt match with Tam, because she beat her in the GP, so I think Mayu versus Unagi is a much better match than Tam versus Unagi, so yeah, you know, I think we might see that happen. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a, a defining match for both Tam and, and Mayu. This might end up being the best match Tam ever has if they really both deliver. Um, I think this might be one of the last big title rounds we see Mayu have, so it'll be nice to see her get this crowning moment in Osaka Johal. Yeah, totally in agreement on that. Okay, um, on to the main event then. It is the also... world of stardom. Do you think she's the running three since, you know, Chigusa's there and she'll probably like point to Chigusa and be like, hey, what's uh, up, Chigusa? And then he's the running she better. three. She's been teasing it all year. Her, so. Yeah, yeah. Her, I don't know if that would be taken Takumi's thunder too much, but I feel like Takumi has enough other cool moves that I think they both can do it. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I want to see that happen. Fair enough. Um, the main event, though, speaking of Takumi Aroha, uh, she challenges Utami Haishishta for the World of Stardom Championship um, you know, this would be good. Their their GP match was fantastic, and I thought if they were to go longer than 20 minutes, they could deliver just a really great match of the year contender. Um, hopefully they don't go too much longer than 20 minutes, but this definitely does suffer from the fact that Kumi likely isn't winning. Um, like, if she did yeah. win, she'd have, like, a zero uh, defense reign, because she'd have to drop it right back to Tami before... Ryugoku because I don't really see them doing Takumi versus Suri as the World of Stardom Championship match in Ryugoku. As great as that match would be, I think Utami versus Suri is just like the logical end goal of that story. So I think if Takumi did win, it would just needlessly complicate things. Yeah. It's a shame too, because I think I don't know. I, I Like I said earlier, it's the perfect time for Takumi to win the belt. Um, if there ever was a perfect mm-hmm. time for her to win a bout that from a company that she isn't even currently um, a part of, I I think I don't know. I, I I think obviously Utami is going to win here. The limitless time limit is uh, something to think about. I don't see it going far past thirty minutes. At most, I see it going like thirty-one. Um, I feel like people kind of oversell this idea that like, oh, they're going to have 55-minute matches every single month now. I don't really see that happening. Um, Knock on wood, of course. But yeah, I think it'll be good. I think Takumi is a very good long-form wrestler. Um, I think Takumi can also challenge Shuri at some point next year. I don't think this is like a a one-and-done for this sort of Takumi trying to come back and winning the red belt. I, I'm, I think at any point in time ever, she can be like, I want a challenge for the red belt, and it wouldn't not make sense. So I'm not mm-hmm. too upset on that front. I am kind of upset that like the timing is so perfect for like Takumi to win 
except it's also so terrible for Takumi to win because of how they've sort of set themselves up going forward. I think it'll be a great match. I'm excited to watch it. Um, I'm excited to watch it live, I hope. I don't know if any of my friends are going to be uh, streaming it since Tokyo's on, since Tokyo Joshi is on. And I know most of them are bigger fans of that, so that kind of sucks. But I think it'll be a great match. Um, could be, like, match of the year contender. Who fucking knows? Because, like, Utami just randomly shows up, man. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think Shikusan commentary is going to be great. Overall, good show we're going into here. Like, really good show. Uh, yeah, I know, because, I mean, I, I don't think this has the um, kind of the allure that uh, the Budokan show got, because obviously Budokan had the, you know, Nanai coming back and Yoshiko coming back and the, the Battle Royal and stuff like that, but as far as just pure matches go, I think this is a, an amazing card, and I think, you know, Mayu versus Tam and Kogama versus Suzuki and stuff like that have a lot of kind of storyline importance that even if you're here looking for some emotional resonance, you have that as well, you know? Um, I don't think any match hits on all cylinders like Maki Ito versus Miyu Yamashita does, but overall, I think, I mean, the entire card can hit on all those for you if you, if you really want. Yeah, I totally agree. Um... I don't know. It's 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 a hard one. It's 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 so weird because like I feel like we were just doing this big show preview review, and we were. It was last week. Um, so like I, I don't know. I'm 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 not fatigued, but like I'm I'm excited. But at the same time, I'm like, let's have a few weeks of just calm for a minute at some point, yeah. please, guys. But it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. No, never. Not in stardom. Ah. Uh. We've been going for a while, though. We have. I think, think, uh, I think we can take it home. Yeah. Uh, you do the outro, because I don't do the outro. Oh, check out VTG, everybody. Um, Came out last weekend, or before last weekend, last Thursday. It was a good episode. Uh, we talked about Bonacano a lot. And yeah, if you like Bonacano, which you should, if you don't, you're kind of a loser. You should go check that out Um, and have a good time. Yeah. All right, fun times. So if you want to stand, you may stand. If you want to sit, you may sit. Leave today, shine tomorrow. You decide what you believe in. Ijo. Ijo. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.